0: Macy's Backstage has everything to help you get a fresh start, including active gear from brands you love. Reebok, Fila, K-Swiss, and more. Hurry in and find the best booties of the season, starting at $19.99. And pamper yourself. Bring the spa home with fragrant candles, aroma diffusers, even salt lamps, starting at just 5 dollars Best of all, look for incredible markdowns in every department, all month long. Macy's Backstage, off-price, on-trend, arriving daily. Find your store at Macy'sBackstage.com
1: Let's face
2: Happy Sunday, everyone! It's Sunday, February the twenty-first. We're your host for the evening. Thanks for joining us. How's everybody doing?
1: Great, great, great. <laughs> Y'all Rest in
3: Holly flavor.
1: I'm good. Did you say Holly flavor? Holly flavor. Oh, father. father. <laughs> Go ahead now, Nate. How you highly flavored, baby?
3: You know, Alicia, today <laughs> has been a wonderful day for me, you know.
1: Come on now.
3: I woke up, I woke up to go to church, and I didn't go.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Because Why something on painful? the inside wanted to just suck with the Lord by myself. And they want oh to be around Lord. a whole bunch of people. Okay. So I put them covers back over my head, and the Lord used me. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. What he tell you in the used covers? Me today, the covers message?
3: Mm. Well, we didn't really have a sermon. You know, he just, you know, he okay. spoke it to my heart. It was like a quiet talk. Sometimes we have these
0: quiet talks.
1: Uh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel you. It was quiet. <laughs> okay. Peace be still. All right. How was your weekend? <sighs> I'm going to let Liz take that one first.
2: Oh, Lord. Live. My weekend
4: How was, was weekend really pool? good It was good Um, I moved in My best okay. friend Yeah, so I've been moving all weekend I finally settled down today I was actually sick Friday But feeling a little better So You
3: yeah. okay. said so you moved in with your girlfriend That's what's
4: up My best friend See, he's My always best got
1: to friend. add
4: stuff <laughs> Best friend She's on that no shocking up. So she's no shocking
3: up.
1: See, mm-hmm. if you had went to church instead of bedside ministries, you might have gotten clarity and got that revelation. Uh uh-uh,
3: uh, Alicia, don't 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 do
1: that. Don't judge how Lord used me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Nate. I had to. I had to. Oh, he making my side hurt. That's so funny.
3: <clears throat> well, how was your weekend? Did you go to church?
1: You know what? Yeah. I went to church twice.
3: Oh, <laughs> I went <to laughs> twice. You know what? This is I meant to tell y'all today, too. Do y'all know that Alicia go to Beulah? <laughs>
1: Tabernacle. Don't, be, don't y'all be te- Don't you be joking, my church.
3: Somebody's grandma.
1: Holly Beulah Girl, has a spiritual reference? I'm going to need y'all Only to go Alicia read your go word. You Baptist. Go- no, there ain't no Baptist now. Now, now. Hold on. It is a non- non-denominational church. Thank you very much. Nothing against the Baptist. I'm just saying. Nope, Babe it's not Beulah. Baptist. So... Get the name right. It's Beulah Tabernacle. I'm going to need you to go in your Bible and study the history of the significance of that name. Hallelujah. Won't be good. (laughs) But anywho, it's all right. May the Lord bless you real good. Um, Beulah. (laughs) See, I won't get him. It has been a wonderful weekend. It has been a great week. Um, There's been some awesome celebrations. But I think... um, the most wonderful part of this week, uh, yesterday I had an opportunity to teach a young author's workshop. Um, wonderful kids, great ideas. I love being able to share with them the different age groups, local authors as well as national authors that had created platforms, um, had wrote successful books, great topics that, you know, pertain to a lot of the ideas and things that they wanted to do. Um, but I think one of the main takeaways I had um, One of the little girls, she was nine years old, and she was like, you know, I remember last year when you came and they introduced you and you were talking about your first book. And she said, I remember you talking about child abuse, and I remember you talking about suicide. And we had a very interesting discussion. Again, children remember everything and have brilliant minds at different ages. But she's like, I just want to ask you how someone's life is ever so difficult that they want to kill themselves. And it just led into a beautiful discussion about hopelessness and how at their age, I didn't care what age they were, they should never give up on their dreams. They can have the things that they want out of life, don't accept no's, but you have to be willing to work hard and pursue those things that you're passionate about. So it just, you know, it just jolted me that this little girl from a year ago, and you're only nine years old, remembered that from the introduction and was curious about that. But other than that's that, really we had a good four hours of fun, activities, and everybody wants to write at least two or three books this year. So my job uh, is done. That's good. And they're from ages six to, like, 16. So I'm like, my job is done. My job is done. So you,
3: so you taught them children the death for four hours.
1: No, I did not. <laughs> because one thing about me, anyone will attest who has ever been to a Workshop or anything I do, we do not do boring. That's the first rule. So I am not going to say boring. I time. said that you talk them to death. Oh heck no! I don't talk anybody to death in my workshops and presentations.
3: I don't like I that. Cause I don't like people to, to talk
1: me to death. Hallelujah! I'm
3: coming to the next one. Oh oh
1: oh! Wait a minute. Mm. And i be. A I don't think, honey. I don't think that you and I can be in the same workshop together. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both lose focus. So won't we do it? <laughs> So Will, how was your weekend?
2: Uh, I have not had a weekend. I had a
1: oh,
2: father. A um surgery on Thursday the 18th, and I am still in pain and recovering. So it is just so by that determination mean, that, 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 that I'm, I'm here tonight.
1: And, does that mean uh, I come to your house and get some good drugs?
2: Put I have, I have right? a whole I have a whole buffet of drugs, and none of them are working.
5: Uh. Oh. Well. I
2: don't understand. My mom's been bringing things over. I've had friends bring things over, and it's, nothing is working.
1: Oh, well, we're just going to pray. We're going we gonna to have a prayer on the commercial break.
2: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: okay. But the positive thing <laughs> is that you in the land of the living, so we are yeah. trusting and believing, speedy recovery, yeah. and that soon yeah. your pain will be ending.
2: Okay. On this oh, side, yeah, that's true. But you're dedicated,
1: Will. you still here tonight. You mm-hmm. showed up.
2: Yeah. Dedication, yes, my brother. Yes, yes. yes. But okay. what some things going on in the in in the news? I have had a chance to listen to some things. Uh, I haven't really been able to move kind of stationary. Well,
1: hmm. baby, count your blessings, because some of the stuff that's going on this week, really? I'm so sorry you ain't had, you know, good drugs. Because oh, you're probably going to need them after we finish talking about this. Okay, okay I'm going to try to keep my opinion to myself, which is really hard for me to do. I'm just going to try to tell y'all just a I little update. But. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll am i save it for the end. This whole okay. thing with Apple, you, you haven't heard about the whole Apple thing. I know you had to, Will, because it's just right. plastered everywhere. Right. But I haven't really gotten the whole confused. gist of it, though. Tell me about it. Okay, okay. Well, you know, the whole... <sighs> As I understand it, the whole big shebang is that Apple wants to fight against the government. They do not want to unlock the San Bernardino's gunman's iPhone. You know, um, okay, let me not give my opinion. Let me just shut up and say the story. Okay. The FBI, they want Apple to help them unlock that phone for one of the two attackers uh, for that you know incident in December, but Apple is resisting and of course you know apple is is trying to defend in in the court about you know your are and our security functions, and we give you access to do that, yeah, you say you want it for this case, but then the government can get in and have all type of issues, blah blah blah. Now, the interesting mm-hmm. thing, I didn't know Apple had that type of security on their phone because, as a American, I just assumed you're in the United States of America, so typical for the u s Big brother's always watching,
0: so I right, didn't know right. there
1: was any technology where you had such exclusive security and access rights that the government did not have. Mm-hmm. Authorities didn't that's, have the power to do it.
2: That's team iPhone, right? Just want to remind people that to that's see, iPhone. You know what? Android. Go ahead. Go, go take
1: a pill. Go take a pill. Go take a pill. Appreciate that. Go take a pill. Y'all find him something at work, please. Let him go, please. Um <laughs> I don't like, well, maybe I should switch. No. Um but Apple, if y'all want to send me a phone, I mean, I'm just saying, sponsor the show. Send me a phone, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll test the theory. But um, you know, I'm feeling some kind of way about that though. Um, the last the last thing I heard was that the court overruled them and saying they gotta give it up, but they're probably going to, you know, fight against that still. But I don't know. I just feel like you don't have. I mean, we're talking about to me an issue of national. security. Security. So I'm going to shut up, I'm going to put the question out there. Should Apple allow the government to have a device to unlock all of their devices and how important is our safety or lack thereof?
2: Hmm. So okay. So when I was listening to it, I thought maybe because I heard somebody say that they didn't create the device, I mean the the (laughs) device to be able to be be gotten in or to be able to bypass the security or whatever. So I was under the impression that they, they they know how to do it themselves. So they know how to do it. They just w- won't
1: do it, correct? Yeah, Apple knows how to do it. They're just not going to okay. allow – they're fighting to not allow the government to have that access.
2: Hm. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. I think under certain situations, especially this one with a terrorist attack, that um, they should bypass and, and help the government out. Um, I think it does need to be no. strict regulations.
3: Uh-oh. But do y'all this really? situation, okay. what? The government, government can't get in this child phone. Y'all sitting here really having this That's what
4: I was saying. Ain't
3: no way. Honey, they done got in this phone six times. They just waiting on Apple to tell them the truth. <laughs> they wait. They <laughs> wait, you, wait think? you think? You think they think Apple got something
2: got to do
3: with it? No, they just waiting. They want permission. But they already saw six times what's in the child's phone. They, do you really think they ain't got They ain't in this child phone? We're talking about the government.
2: But why bring it out? Why Why not just, why make it an issue? So
3: They want to make it they, how they do it. How they got in the phone? Ex- exactly. Oh.
1: Or so they want to act be, Like they're
3: getting permission.
1: Or it may be a conspiracy theory where there's a deeper level of security they want that really has nothing to do with this case. And that's, that's true, too. That's what I was thinking. That's true, as like well.
4: They want, like Nate said, they want whatever top secret code Apple has. So if something were to happen, it's like, well, we already have it. I feel like they already got mm-hmm. their phone. Do you know how my brother can hack into a phone, and he's not even a exactly. professional. So I'm sure they got some Just think high how tech the people hack into the
3: phones just to sell them. Yeah. To override phones in order to sell them so you can, what they call them, unbroken or something like that, where you can They're use unbroken. any service with. Something like that. So you can Uh, use any service with them. Yeah, So people can hack into a phone. And trust me, they got enough people already in jail that can hack into a phone. Mm -hmm. So they don't need Apple's permission. But I do think it's a bigger picture that they want. It's a bigger security that they want. They want the the, the ability to say, John Smith did it. Let me go look at John Smith's phone right quick. Mm
1: -hmm. Well... Or well, you know, versus I'm always a fan somebody. of divergent theory. There's another issue that you really don't want the American public to mm-hmm. be focused on, so let's talk mm-hmm. about this. Oh, yeah. Y'all be talking about if Donald Trump get in the White House. Can we talk about that? Government? But um, well, whatever.
4: I'm oh, be uh, okay, all
1: right. I'm just trying to get my money up, so if he get elected, like, I can go. <laughs> yeah, because I need to go out of the country before he ship us all back.
3: Uh, we uh, all yeah, going to be on
1: that slave boat. He goes sh- and he y'all gonna, the gonna say house, y'all gonna be able awesome. to say y'all
3: favorite term.
1: <laughs> when <What? do it. laughs> will he do it? When the day before Alicia is yep. in Jamaica, okay? Be like I'm gonna move my behind to Jamaica. Peace out, homies. Oh
3: no, wow! No, haven't come Peace up out. yet, But have y'all seen the commercial with with, with Hillary Clinton? Lord, at the Stella me. Awards. At the Stella
4: Awards. What yeah. Wait, what? She was at the Stella
3: Awards. She was at the, was at the <laughs> Stella Awards, but she was like <laughs> at a pre-event, and yeah. she said she opened up with this: "This is the day that the Lord has made. No, she did not. Let us rejoice and be he glad." Here
4: <laughs> <childish. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> it is. They, they,
1: Jesus,
3: okay? the Lord, okay. hold The scripture wrong. How <laughs> 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 did, no, did it. Real. Yeah, so y'all got to say it's on. It's on. You know they circulate it on social media. You I got
1: said, to be mine. You have the, got the, to be mine, Nate.
3: The, the the it reads something like when your publicists say you need more Christian followers. Oh. So
1: it's, I can't. I don't funny. understand how Donald Trump has evangelicals. I, I don't. I don't get. The Keep man donations. The Okay, That's exactly well, ah, is, thank yeah. you Thank you for clarity, because I'm just like, you can't even read the scripture right on television. You can't, you uh, don't, you try, you have quoted the scripture because you didn't know how to finish the rest of it. You know you ain't picked up the Bible. But okay, mm-hmm. he, will, he just paid them off. Okay. Yeah. Won't he do it?
2: Private mm-hmm. donations. Mm. Yeah, because he's still mm. using his private funds, right,
3: for his, um... Yeah. Oh,
2: uh, yeah, so he's making private
3: donations. He's tithing.
1: And he's still getting a whole bunch of money in donations. Because there's nobody... Needs.
3: Ain't nobody saw a bike rusher like Donald Trump, so. Yeah, no, right? What? Exactly. Hmm. That's exactly why he going through all this money. Well, <laughs>
1: Nate, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So, I oh don't know if you he guys. He's not, he's not joking. It, it does say something about Hillary Clint- Clinton's surprise <laughs> visit at the Stellar World Awards. Oh, my goodness. Surprise <laughs> visit. Oh, my goodness. Hello.
2: Well, they clapped
1: the four. I thought she was joking.
3: Mm-hmm. Was they was clapped the four. They clapped four, even though she
2: got it wrong. And it.
1: You know, that's not fun. You never considered her,
3: know
2: her wrong. Lord, that would have been me up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, me up there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll give you, you know the first way twi- okay. on How I can twist it. Well, you okay. know, if you sing it right, it'll just be like church. They won't know it's a difference. Just air it. Take it back. Half them don't read <laughs> the Bible anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hillary. you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all not right. Just sing it like a hymn. They all know the difference.
2: Okay. Mm. Okay, so um, I'm not sure how many of you saw the New Vogue cover, but Adele, she's on the cover. She's this this month's um, cover model. And she was being interviewed, and she said that basically her weight loss has really given her a lot of um, self-confidence. Um, she's a, For the first time ever, she's able to go into – you know, a regular department store, and she's able to buy off the rack. So what she's been doing is she says she's developed her, I guess, a not-so-healthy spending habit. Um, she's um, been seen around just shopping, shopping. And I think they got her last week in Target. She was in Target shopping. So she says she's, she's enjoying um, shopping off the rack. So I just want to ask you, you know, what are your secret indulgences for um, when you want to celebrate or treat yourself? What do you
5: do? <laughs> I'm laughing
1: You said you are laughing? That's what you do? I'm laughing because, you know, at this stage in my life With a lot of the stuff I have going on This may sound kind of boring or, or like an old person My secret mm-hmm. indulgence is can I just get some sleep? or oh, really? Can I get okay. like... 3 hours for everybody to leave me alone. No phones, no email. I don't have to reply back to anything. Just if I could just get, you know, a few hours just of quiet, music, um, a cup of coffee. Can I have a bite to eat? Just nobody bother me with anything. Just a quiet space. Um, for instance, when we went away last weekend, um, mm-hmm. I didn't take my laptop, but my phone, what? you know, it was like, okay, I had I know, and then what? What was funny? You know, my roommate is sitting up here with her laptop and her iPad. I'm just going, if I'd known, I know, I would have worked. Okay, no, but it's like, no, I didn't need to because I would have been working the whole weekend and all the fun we had. I never would have had fun. So yeah, but it, you know, it was times where I looked down at the email. Okay, are you going to answer that? No. Well, maybe. It, so your mind keeps going with different things that you're trying. You think you've planned everything so you can have that quiet time, but then your mm-hmm. mind comes up with something else. Or, oh, by the way, you need to sign this contract. Oh, by the way, when you get back, could you come do this? this, this, this? So it's like, uh, no, if I could just get three hours of complete peace and sleep and maybe a cup of coffee and maybe mm-hmm. a nice piece of chocolate or a bite to eat, that would be, for me, the best secret indulgence ever. The strip club. <laughs> awesome. Strip
4: oh, club. What? I go to the strip club. No, you don't.
2: And are you really? working or are you are are you watching?
5: Well, oh, I
2: don't
3: put my on the radio,
1: Oh, oh. 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 <laughs> I wanna hear the answer to that.
3: We we wanna know. Well you know I'm working because I'm passing out the
0: Because
3: <laughs> oh, I wanna okay. this is the day that the Lord has made and be glad and sing <laughs> in it.
1: So let me ask you this Do they stick the track where you stick the dollars Or how does that work
3: It, it don't matter to me Alicia All, I, all my <laughs> okay. job is for you to get the track <laughs>
5: ah,
1: Have you converted Yo, anybody yet
3: Honey I done converted so many
1: For the Lord I converted with <laughs> you. you did what Oh Lord okay. Jesus Oh help us father <laughs>
2: Well, you know what, for mine, I have really been eating up skinny dip. For some reason, I have been addicted to skinny dip lately. And I normally go there. Um, Skinny dip, the the yogurt, the frozen yogurt, ice cream. I
1: know who it is, but that's been your secret indulgence here lately? That's
2: what I, yeah. It it was shopping, like all this past couple of months it was shopping. I would like go, I would always bring a bag home, I would do something. But then I had some skinny dip. And I've just been eating skinny dip.
1: It's cracked. I haven't had
2: it since my surgery. I haven't had it since Thursday. But hopefully
1: okay. you know, somebody special will bring it past. Okay, I know that the phone was silent. That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Skinny Dip, I, I still say they have crack in there. So that's why if you try it once, you have to keep going back. And I don't understand yeah. how I can get the smallest cup with, like, nothing on it, $6. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's nothing in yeah. my cup. It's really? Nothing. I just got two spoonfuls. How's that $6. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but what it's worth every bite. Well, what about you, Liz? It's frozen yogurt. What is frozen yogurt? Oh, to me yogurt. I don't. I, I just, it tastes like ice
2: cream to me. I don't. I don't get the yogurt. No, but, it's you know,
1: not. It's no, it does not taste it, like ice cream, honey. I'm sorry. To me, it
2: just tastes like ice cream.
1: <laughs> Do you I put, put a bunch of it? stuff on? that? Yeah, not When I cake. get the
2: cup, I go put the cake on the bottom, Damn. and I go get some strawberry ice cream, you then I go so put some Reese's then I put some of the vanilla no. ice
5: cream on it, mm-hmm. and then I put
2: some of the pecans. Yeah. See, mm. that's why
1: yours tastes like ice cream. That don't cream. sound good. That's why it, it sounds really like bubblegum to me, but that's why, <laughs> why yours tastes like ice cream. That's why yours tastes like ice cream, because you ain't eating skinny dip. You eat skinny crap. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> you got to pick you a good flavor, okay? Maybe one or two, and if you want to have toppings, you can have one or two. You can't put all that junk in it, 'Cause now it's to right. yogurt. Ice cream. Good. That's probably why he right. had to have surgery. He got the bone well, I don't See? think he had I don't
3: think he eat it to feel good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all
3: make it feel like he <laughs> I don't I think can't. that's
1: his purpose. He's not going to get a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
3: Okay. Mm. <laughs> What about you, Liz? What's your overindulgence?
4: Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I drink when, you know, I do good things, but I drink, but you when, drink when you do so bad. bad. So, you know, I'm trying wow. to think, what do I do when I'm happy? You know, I don't know. I would have to say I would go out for a drink. It's a different type of drink when you're celebrating, and when you're depressed. So, you know,
1: nice cocktail. Okay. Okay. But, you know, I do want to tell you all this. I know the Lord loved me. I know he loved me because I had a meeting today a day and I had like half an hour to burn. So, you mm-hmm. know, I just felt like some of the things going on here lately, I needed to restock, you know, on my wine. You know, I need some Moscato and, you know, Riesling or something. So anyway, mm-hmm. I went to um, the local store, and they had the biggest bottle I've ever seen, which made sense because now I don't have to buy two of the small bottles. It was the last one, and it was on sale. And see, I knew God <laughs> had it sitting right there waiting for me. For you? So, yes, I. you that's know, my, you said something about drinking. Liz, I just. Oh, that just touched my spirit. But I was good. Mm-hmm. I did not See? drink my glass of wine before this interview, because you know, if if I was gonna drink my wine right now, y'all would have me snoring on the phone. Yeah. Or yeah. Wine make you sleepy? Every alcohol Girl. that's more than a sip or two she makes a me sleepy. Yes, I am. Two sips. I'm we out. We
4: can't never go drinking with you. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> no, you can't.
1: She all to
3: sleep.
4: Girl, yeah,
1: you <laughs> I just go to sleep. Some people are like angry drunks. I just go to sleep. Two sips, I'm done. (laughs) Sorry. Well,
3: well, speaking of turning water into wine,
1: Natalie Cole's
3: family is outraged over the Grammy snub.
1: And they should You know,
3: recently Natalie Cole passed away, and her sons and her sisters say that the nine-time Grammy Award winner deserves a more substantial tribute at this year's ceremony. Than her brief right. mention in a 90-second montage. Huh. Now, do you think she should have received additional coverage? Now, we talking about Natalie Cole. Do you Hello? think she <laughs> should have
5: received?
1: Wait a minute. How you make that? I
3: mean
5: what I mean oh.
3: you with know, um, um, But you know what's uh, so crazy, Will? Whitney didn't even get it. I was
4: about
3: well, to say
5: when Whitney Houston
4: Whitney
3: put it. together a little he get presentation. Him. Mm. How did he, and he, he, he no, came he remember Whitney and the Whitney they didn't Grammy Dye. Park party? Now, remember Whitney died at the Grammy. I mean at the Grammy party. party. Oh, okay. yeah, so they didn't do they didn't do a big thing for her.
4: Yeah, they did a little uh, presentation on the board and somebody sung a song and then they went on to the next act. So I feel like yeah. no one really gets a big tribute anymore. I mean, I'm just thinking about Michael Jackson, the year after they did a nice tribute to him, but
3: Okay, yeah. You know, it's I, I see the I Michael Jackson is a little different. Anything. But yeah, I really don't true. I didn't expect them to do I didn't, I didn't see the Grammys yet. But I didn't yeah. expect a big Natalie Cole send off. Neither.
1: That's pretty much why I just don't watch award shows, period. Um, because to me, you know, certain things that I think you should represent more, they don't, and things that, you know, really I, I'm just like, you won't give that much time to that, they do. So I'm just like, just just forget it. I do think she should have gotten more than just a mention, but then, you know, it depends on who the person is, how they feel you are as a celebrity, how hot they think you are, and then, you know, from there, that's who they want to spend extra time with or not.
3: But we're also talking about right. the Grammy. They're not going to do yeah. much. Now, when you go to the B T Awards, they may mess her up once. Who? Uh, Natalie? Yeah, they may I do that. the first you wanted to hear somebody
2: sing something. Who? But who in the world want to sing one of them boring
5: songs?
1: I just don't.
4: <laughs> who wanted to
1: hear
4: somebody sing? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh,
1: man, you got it. Yeah, I mean, she did have some good songs. They weren't all boring.
4: <laughs> um, Pink Cadillac
1: I like Pink that's Cadillac not <laughs> 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 <She's> <laughs> a That's not I do think i on the top of my head Oh Jesus I <laughs> <And laughs> <you're wrong. Okay. laughs> so, um, Unforgettable. She did sing Pink Cadillac That's that Teresa Franklin that? <laughs> That's Teresa Franklin No, Alicia, oh, you, just, <laughs> you, you lost <laughs> it You lost it You, you lost, it. You, you no, lost no, it No, 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 no <laughs> Oh, that was Natalie Cole. y'all better check YouTube on the commercial Because I can hear her voice right now that was that was Natalie Cole. She did a version of that check it it was in the eighties. I'm trying to hold you, but oh, well. no, I'm go ahead but, but she oh, sang it, up. it still was beautiful I, the version she did thank you be song because
3: we oh, got to, if, you, if we're gonna have to get somebody to sing, we got to find people to
1: sing these hits what what what's a hit? Oh, well, see, now you're asking for a little bit too much, so exactly. I can help. Exactly, so 90 seconds. Was <laughs> well, good guys,
4: we're going to go to commercial break, and we're going to try to find a hit. Um, but when we come back, we have a very special guest. <laughs> so you're listening to uh, Let's Talk Radio with Will Strayhorn, and we'll be right back.
3: Columbine, Virginia Tech,
0: Tucson, Aurora, Fort Hood, Oak Creek, Newtown, 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 how many more, how many more, how many more colleges, how many more classrooms, how many more movie theaters, how many more houses of faith,
1: how many more shopping malls, how many more street quarters,
0: how many more,
3: how many more,
1: enough, enough,
3: enough, enough, demand a plan.
1: Right now. As a mom. As a dad. As a friend. As a husband.
0: As a wife.
1: As an American.
0: As an American. As an American. As a human being. For the children of Sandy Hook. Demand a plan. No more lists of names. It's not too soon. It's too late. Now is the time. Before we all know someone who loved someone on that list. No more lists. No more... Who they might have been. No more... If we had just done something yesterday. It's time. We can do
3: better than this.
0: We can do better than this. It's time. It's time. It's time for our leaders to act. Demand a plan. Right now.
4: Right now. You! Demand it! Enough. Enough. Enough.
2: Enough. Hi, this is Terry Cruz
0: Kaya weighed just one pound, one ounce at birth and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon and many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime. But you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchForBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature births and help more babies be born healthy.
1: Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. Our next guest is a two-time best-selling author and has helped almost 150 authors get their books written and published, promoting and generating 10 to 50,000 a month for their businesses. She also is a single mom to an awesome 10-year-old, and they live in a castle where she runs all her client events and programs. She's found a cool balance between a multimillion-dollar being a multimillion-dollar entrepreneur and a mom who's actually around for her kids. But when she started her business, she was in the middle of a very messy divorce, but learned to navigate through it and come out the other side with a seven figure business. Please help me welcome to the show the author incubator, Dr. Angela E. Gloria. How are you this evening? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And did we butcher that last name? Uh, No, you said it perfectly. Yay! Yep. <laughs> Rhymes with Gloria. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, as an author myself, uh, and I, I love that. I love the process. I love the things that it has afforded me. But can you explain to our listening audience some of the advantages of having a book?
6: Yeah, I mean, look, I think there are some hard and some soft advantages. So, I think mm-hmm. one of the things that happens is you change. When you finish a project, like writing a book, I think it's like when people do a marathon or, you know, if you hosted a fundraiser and raised a million dollars, like part of it is how you change and how you show up differently for friends and family and clients. It really puts you in a leadership role. And I don't think that should be underestimated. Um, But here's the thing, like, I don't think this is fair. (laughs) But I'm happy to leverage it. When you have a book, you get calls back, you get invited to do media and PR, you Uh get asked to speak three times more often than you do without. And our clients generate three to five times in revenue what they were making without a book. And really, that's not fair, right? Like you're you're just as smart before you write a book as after. You could help a client just as good. You could deliver just as good of a speech. But having a book is an unfair advantage for whatever yes. goal you want to accomplish. Absolutely.
1: I think it's fair, though. <laughs> maybe like, that's hey, because let let I'm an author. know the rules of the game. Let's do it. Yeah. I think I'm a little biased, so hey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hi, Angela. How are you? Good, how are you doing, honey? I'm good. This is Nate. How are you? But you guys were really having good. a good
6: old time. I was looking up uh, Natalie Cole songs.
5: Okay. <laughs> and,
6: um, yeah, You're not she it. did sing Pink Cadillac, so I'm thinking about it. that. 87. Uh-huh. <laughs> 87, saw that. What? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. That's the only one you But
6: I'm with you guys. It? I don't think she needed that big tribute. I think that was pretty yeah, bad. And I don't think she was quite as famous as she might have thought she was.
5: I'm and her, sorry, her thought
6: she was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Angela, what is the best yes. way you feel um, is to publish? Do you think traditional publish is the way to go nowadays?
6: Well, I love this question because here's the thing: there are a lot of different ways to publish, and there's no right and wrong way.
1: The thing mm-hmm. that
6: people mess up is they don't know what the right way is to publish for the outcome they want. So if you just want to say you wrote a book, if it's just like a a trophy or an accomplishment that you just want to be able to give to your kid and say you did it, then self-publishing is terrific. It's the cheapest way to go. Your book might not look as professional, but it's going to be something that you created and you'll be proud of. So I always equate that to like if I went to a pottery class and made some teacups, like, they'd probably be crappy teacups but I would love to drink out of them. <laughs> and they'd make me smile every time, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm never going to exactly. make a whole lot of money as a potter, I can guarantee you. Like, but I could maybe make a teacup someday, and that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the the traditional publishing, and I started my career in traditional publishing. Traditional publishing is fantastic, especially if you are interested in Um, having a TV show, doing national media, selling TV rights. But you need to have a way to fund this because normally with a traditional publishing deal, you're not really making any money for at least two or three years. And then you're Mm -hmm. not making real money for two or three years after that. And so – and then here's the other weird thing about traditional publishing. If you don't have a goal like having a TV show, for instance, or a nationally syndicated radio show, and you don't have a path to get there, you can't ever afford to advertise your book because mm-hmm. they, the publisher takes 90% of the revenue, which is fine if you're just doing it for exposure. But if you just think instead of making $10 on a book, you're going to make a dollar. And there's no book tour in the world that you could afford to do. There's no magazine ad you can buy. You can barely even buy a Facebook ad that would get somebody for a dollar to buy a book. And if they bought it for a dollar, you'd still just be breaking even.
5: Mm -hmm. So there is
6: no way. So you tie your hands when you do a traditional publishing deal from being able to promote your book or make money off it, which could be fine if you're auditioning to be like, I don't know, the next – you know, Ellen DeGeneres or something. It's a fantastic part of a 10-year strategy that has a couple million dollar budget behind it. Mm -hmm. But what I recommend for people, for most people who aren't in the category of the I'm going to be the next Ellen or I'm trying to make some teacups is a hybrid publishing deal. And there's a lot of publishers out there um, that offer somewhere in between that will give you the look and feel of a traditionally published book but will give you the control and ownership of a self-published book, and that mm-hmm. usually means making an investment, right? Hmm. a good where you make more money than you spend on it. That would be my goal. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's just one way to think about it. <laughs> is it a costly
2: investment?
6: You know, it depends on how you do it. But what I see out there is between five and twenty-five thousand dollars.
3: And here's
6: the here's the irony on that is that also what I see in the reverse for first-time authors um, to get an advance from a traditional publisher, traditional publishers are paying between five and twenty-five thousand dollars. Uh-huh. But it's it's a little bit like blood money. So you could take that five thousand dollar advance and say, "This is awesome. I don't pay anything, and I'm going to get five grand, which feels nice." But then you have a book that you can't afford to market, and where the publisher takes ninety percent of any dollar you make after that five grand, even including yeah. that five grand because it's just an advance. Yeah. So
1: I would say, if you
6: believe in yourself, bet on yourself. Bend the five to twenty-five thousand dollars out of your pocket, but then get a hundred percent back, and have a plan to make. You know, for for my clients, what I recommend is a ten x return on investment. So if you invest mm. 10000 you should have a plan that you're pretty confident is going to get you to 100000 mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
6: Okay.
3: But, Angela, isn't it really hard to get into traditional publishing? It is. That's
6: actually why those lower numbers and the amount of time I said. So um, to get a deal from a traditional publisher, what you think, what, what most people think – is that it depends on the how good your idea is and how original mm-hmm. your idea is. That's exactly. like what a normal human would think. Actually, publishers don't really care about that. They have a bar, so your idea has to be good enough and original enough. But really what they're looking at is how much return on investment are we going to make, how many book copies are we going to sell. Mm-hmm. So they're interested in your marketing experience. And so, to get a publishing contract, you have to really demonstrate that you'd be able to sell twenty or thirty thousand books, and you need to do that Mm -hmm. by selling twenty or thirty thousand of something else, or building a substantial email list and following Mm -hmm. and revenue. And so, that can take a couple years to do before
3: um, before you will get that, that deal. So how would one go about finding a publisher? But I know some some publishers, some publishing houses won't even accept manuscripts unless it's through an agent. So how would you go about finding an agent or a publisher?
6: Yeah, I have a little hack here that I recommend to my clients, which is in every book there is an acknowledgment section, and mm-hmm. so there are definitely websites out there that will list agents and publishers. And most publishers, like you say, if you send them a manuscript directly, they'll just go on the slush pile, and they'll have interns read maybe 5 or 10% of what's on the slush pile just when they have nothing to give them for work. Um, mm-hmm. So not, not a good chance of getting through going directly to the publisher. You want to find an agent. So what you do is you find a book that's similar to yours and you go to the acknowledgement section and look at who that author thanked as their agent. Exactly. And that's how you want to find your agent. You could go through and send 100 query letters to agents that you find in Writer's Digest, but I Mm -hmm. find if you go (laughs) in um, through the book and tell them what book you liked, why you liked it, and why you think your book will sell as well as that one, that's where I've found the best response. And hit them up in social media as well. And if they uh-huh. have a radio show like this one, go review their radio show, give them comments, come to the show, call in, listen, develop a relationship with them. I have a little hack that I teach people, which is pretend this person was your best friend. Like you'd, you'd know your best friend's birthday. You'd know your best friend's friends. You'd know where they were uh-huh. on vacation. Oh, and... Yeah. Just plan on spending 18 months to two years courting them and mm-hmm. giving them really good reasons why, without being psych- psycho. Exactly. You know, but give them re- like, you wouldn't call your best friend five times in a row if she didn't call you back. Like, treat right. the person like you would if you were actually friends, and eventually you will become friends. Good advice.
2: So I have a question then. So you said basically they're, when when they're – I guess trying to scout who they're going to assist in their publishing, do they take into consideration your following like your social media following when they're trying to figure yeah, out yeah totally they can build books? They
6: if you're reaching okay. out to an agent, if you want to get picked up faster instead of leading with a description about your book, mm. lead with a description about your tribe, they uh, want to know that you have at least twenty thousand people on your email list or twenty thousand. Twitter followers or Instagram followers or Facebook followers, that's kind of a key number, twenty to 30,000. And okay. if you've sold something else, if you've raised a bunch of money, if you've sold a bunch of books, and by the way, if you released a book, like you self-published a book or you released a book with another publisher and you mm. sold fewer than 5,000 copies, do not mention it. Hope they don't exactly. find it and don't mm-hmm. lead with that.
3: <laughs> oh. But if you because sold more than 5000 I would start with that. Because that makes it even harder to even get into the traditional company, to traditional publishers. Yeah, public. you
6: just told them, you just told them, I'm a terrible bet. See, publishers <laughs> exactly. just work at a
3: casino. And mm-hmm.
6: you basically just said the odds on this table are 200 to 1, and they're like, "Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to
3: play a different I'm going to play at a different table." Yeah. So, Angela, I have one final question for you, um, well, before my next question. But <laughs> so do it's you personally read um, query letters to say if they're good or bad? Yeah,
6: so we do. I have an acquisitions team, so I have two acquisitions <laughs> editors, and the query letters come to them, but I'm also okay. super nosy. Um, and so, if you guys want to see our query submission form, the incubator dot com slash apply, you can see okay. the questions we're asking, and you can sort of tell we don't have people send a full um, a full proposal until after uh-huh. we talk to them. But even if okay. you look at the questions, we're looking for the same things every other publisher is, which is, are we going to be able to sell this book? Exactly, and so. My acquisitions editors, that's their job, but I'm super nosy, and I read most of our (laughs) applications because I can't help myself. But I try not to respond. But every once in a while, last week there was one that was so good, and he quoted my favorite author, and he didn't know he did it, and I just I had to reply, and then I apologized to my editors. I'm like, I know (laughs) I'm not supposed to reply, but I really like that guy. (laughs) Let's interview him. So, yeah.
4: Hi, Angela. This is Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey. So is there a wrong reason to write a book?
6: So I think the wrong reason is when you don't know your reason. So the thing I hear people say all the time is that they want everything from their book. So they're like, I want to be on a big stage, and I want to speak in front of an audience, and I want to build a business, and I want to be on Oprah, and, like, they have this big, long list of things. (laughs)
0: Okay. <laughs> and a book is
6: pretty magical, but it can't do everything, and right. it doesn't do everything magically. It's much easier to get a book to do what you want if you have one thing you want, and then mm-hmm. you write a book to accomplish that. So let's say you wanted um, your first paid speaking gig. Then we would write a very different book if you wanted to become, let's say, a paid motivational speaker. It's a totally different book than, let's say, you wanted people to buy your t shirts or mm-hmm. if you wanted to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And so what okay. I hear is people want to do all of it. They're like, I have these cool T-shirts, and I want to speak, and then I want to run workshops, and then I want people wow. to hire me as a consultant. And those are all different books. i get that. Okay, so, Angela, this is Will. How are you? Good. How are you? Well?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Um, so my of good information so far. Because my other publicist, she always tells me I need to write a book for more clients. But how can you use a book to get more clients?
6: Well, here's the thing. This is the great news. A book, no matter what you do, if you have a related product, it's it could even be the worst book in the world, it's mm-hmm. going to get you clients. Mm-hmm. It might not get you a lot of clients.
1: But the cool
6: thing is that just having the credibility of a book, even a terrible book, only 27% of books that are sold are read. So mm-hmm. they'll see you have a book, and that's going to increase your conversion ratio. So that's nice news right there. But here's the okay. tip. There is a way to write a book that will actually get you more clients in a more strategic way. So are you are you still doing like do you look for clients as a makeup artist? Yes. Okay. So if you wanted to get clients as a makeup artist, what you would do is you would come up with a system or a formula, which by the way, you probably have. So there's right. something you do when somebody sits in your chair. You evaluate their skin tone. You look at their dress. You you have some system, and it's like right. a Will Strayhorn system. And right. so if you can invent that framework, which you may have already done, and write a book describing that framework, what happens is no one else can do it. They can't go to anyone. Even though, like, every makeup artist is going to match skin tone or every makeup artist is going to, I don't know, buy good brushes. But the entire system in that order, you can own that system so that they can't go to anyone but you to get that result. So at the end of the book, what you want your reader thinking is, that's the perfect way to do my makeup. I can probably learn how to do this myself, or I can just hire this guy for my next, Book launch, or whatever Got they you. might want makeup for.
2: Gotcha. Oh, okay.
6: And the okay. other thing too is selling in a book is really like douchey. Like it's just not. Like it's just really gross to be like, buy my services, and you'll see. Like, no, nobody wants <laughs> to read that. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to our girl Natalie Cole. Like, let's say Natalie Cole was your client once. I Mm -hmm. would tell a story about that. So I'd be like, when Natalie Cole was in my chair, the first thing she said was that I had soft hands, Mm
5: -hmm. right?
6: And so if you can drop in there, like, hey, I work with celebrities, without saying, by the way, if you're a celebrity, call me at 500. You know, like, whatever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so telling those client stories in a way that's really natural to make people say, like, hey, I bet I could hire this guy, too.
5: Uh-huh. Okay. So and actually, by the way, like if you
6: hated weddings, don't uh-huh. tell a wedding story in your book. Like we're gonna tell Grammy Night story if we wanna do uh-huh. celebrities. We're gonna, even if you have uh-huh. great wedding uh-huh. stories, uh-huh. we're gonna That's flip it. the script on that because otherwise we're gonna get wedding clients, and you know those exactly. people are crazy. Oh, uh-huh. they that.
5: are.
6: <laughs> that
2: made that that was, was, perfect sense. That was okay. good advice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I love it Anything to make Will Strayhorn write a book I'm good <laughs> There we go it's Are you the publisher? No, no, no But he's long overdue I've heard about this blessed book He's got several books he has started on He has yeah. never finished a book I haven't book. finished it. I haven't finished mm-hmm. no. one No mm-hmm.
6: you, you know why that happens? happens like it's actually good news
1: Uh
5: oh Why? <laughs> Don't encourage Okay, so him.
6: here's the deal Um So a lot of people ask me about writer's block and how to deal with writer's Mm. block. And I tell them, and what you have is a version of writer's block. So procrastination, writer's block. The book is supposed to be done and it's not getting done. And most people think this is terrible. So they feel like crap. They've like promised people. People are harassing them. Like, Mm. you know, you're a good friend here. And they feel really (laughs) awful about it. But... Here's the thing, and this is the cure, and this is why your book isn't done. Okay. Part of you, and I call that part of you your inner author. So inside of you, your, there is a part of you that already wrote this book. Yeah. So we know from quantum physics the time-space continuum is sort of made up. And so there's a world where your book is already done. Uh-huh. And the part of you that wrote your book is called your inner author. So your inner author knows there's something about the way you have it structured now. There's something about the partners you're working with. There's something about this book that your inner author is just, like, not getting. And so you're out of alignment. In some way, you're out of alignment. And the way that shows up for people is either procrastination or writer's block. Um, There's a super easy way to get out of it, which is get curious about why you're not writing. So instead of talking to yourself and being like, oh, I really have to put time on the schedule to write, or I'm such a loser, I should have written this already, all that negative talk, that just keeps your book further away from you. But if you can lean in and be like, hey, this is curious, like, I wanted to do this and I haven't done it. I wonder why. If you can get curious about that, especially if you have a good friend or a coach, you'll find out you're writing the wrong book. We even have an exercise called the Creativity Temple where I take people um, into that place in the time-space continuum where your book is done and you get to hold it in your hands and your book will tell you exactly what it is. So I'll tell you what, Will. If you want to do the Creativity Temple exercise with me, you just email me at Angela at the Author Incubator and we will have a little private session. It takes about 30 minutes. And I Perfect. will give you a link on my calendar, and we'll figure out what's going on with you and your book. Praise the Lord. Perfect.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Miracles
1: <laughs> on the Sunday. Thank Angela, I have <laughs>
3: a question now, because all this talk about book just summons something up in me. Okay? Mm. So I, I love it. A manuscript that I have I have had edited and edited and re-edited and edited <laughs> and re-edited and edited. Oh. But for some reason, I still won't submit it to nobody. hmm Yeah. You want to know why? Why is that?
6: Okay, so my very first job, I was 20 years old, and I worked for a New York Times best-selling author. His name was David Wise. And my mm-hmm. first day on the job, I picked up the phone, and his editor was calling from New York. And so I picked up the phone, and I said, David Wise's office. And the woman on the other line said, yes, I have Jackie Kennedy Onassis on the line for David Wise. So his editor was Jackie Kennedy. Possibly the best editor in, like, the history of humankind. And if I took that manuscript right now and gave it to any editor on my staff, or really any editor on the planet, do you know what they would do with his manuscript? What? They would edit it. Uh-huh. Editors, edit.
5: <laughs>
6: exactly. That's they don't care who, do. who it
3: was.
6: Nope. Right. And so this doesn't have anything to do with your editors. This is you. You keep putting it in the hands of friends, professional editors. Nobody is going to look at your manuscript and say, this is perfect. You're done. Mm-hmm. That comes from you. That comes from you. That yep. comes from you and God. And mm. so your book is done when you say it's done. And mm-hmm. so if you... If you are ready to let that go, you just send that as a prayer, and then you make a decision that you're not going to ask another editor to edit because they will edit.
5: Exactly.
6: Yep. <laughs> 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 exactly. All they to kind of do it. they're not like, oh, who was the last editor? Jenny- Jackie Kennedy? <laughs> this is perfect then. No. They're like, this is a mess. We have to editing. start over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you going to finally yeah.
3: say it off, Nate? I'm gonna pray about it. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I.
6: No, seriously, I totally recommend that because here's the thing: when you have a true servant's heart, and if you even think of, you know, uh, of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, the the when we hear Jesus speak his gospel of um, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And mm-hmm. you have a true servant's heart, you are gonna put out some messed up work. Like, Mm -hmm. that love your neighbor speech, as perfect as it was, Jesus was not happy with it, I can tell you. I work with writers all the time. Like, he's like, (laughs) it was good, but I don't think I really made the point the way I wanted to. Right. I (laughs) think I could have rewritten it. But the thing is, it wouldn't have helped anyone if he kept rewriting it, right? Exactly. And so to have a true servant's heart, like the true sacrifice as a writer, is being willing to get it wrong. That's Mm -hmm. the sacrifice. Being willing to put it out good enough, kind of, but it kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth, (laughs) Wow. When you know it's more important to help someone than to get it right for yourself, that's your easy. So when I Mm -hmm. say to you, you pray, you pray to God, you pray to Jesus, whatever you believe in, you take that manuscript and say, would this help one person? Because if it (laughs) is, I will be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, And I will
6: put myself out there, and people are going to give me a one-star review on Amazon. But I will do that
3: to serve. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So one of my other things that I I do is I even even mentioned this to Will when um, he even considered writing a book. And I told him that sometimes when you write a book, you just have to start writing, because if not, Mm -hmm. you'll always say, I want to write a book. So I'm in the process of a second book. But I think now I'm using the same issues as far as for my query letter. Um, I keep writing query letters and editing, having them edited. And it's like my voice is being lost in my query letter.
6: Exactly what happens.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to, that's why I was asking, do your company have, you know, do y'all are you, read query letters? Are letter? you writing fiction? Yes.
6: You are yeah, we do strictly non. We do strictly nonfiction. Oh, but okay. I can tell you for sure, your the most important thing you can do in your query letter is be you.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like
6: your personality and your authentic thing has to come through. Um, your your vibe and so yeah, over editing those the perfect query letter for someone else or in a okay. template or whatever is definitely not the perfect query letter for you.
3: Exactly. Well, thank you so much. For sure.
6: And here's the other thing, too, I want to say about query letters in general, but just um, there's a really bad piece of advice out there, which is if you want to write a book, just start writing. Like the thing you're doing wrong is that you're not writing. Um, People who start by writing their book are significantly less likely to finish than if you start by a few things. So I actually have six steps that I recommend, but I'm going to walk you through a couple of them. The most important thing you can start with is one ideal reader. So not a target market, so not women 35 Mm -hmm. to 45, but one ideal reader. So an ideal reader has a name. They live in a town. They have two kids or three kids, but they don't have two or three kids because a person doesn't have two or three. They have (laughs) two or three. And you need to know every single thing about this ideal reader. So I have my clients do a vision board. I have them do a playlist. I have them set up a, a Kindle list so they know exactly what their ideal reader is reading, what they're listening to what they're buying. Sometimes I have them go shopping for their ideal reader on Amazon. So if you want to finish your book, you have to know your ideal reader as well as you know yourself. What I say is if there was a biopic, the casting agent should at least want to consider you if they were making a movie of your ideal reader's life. So that's one thing. And then what what I have found, I've done oh, God, over 500 books at this point in my career, and not one of the books that I've worked on has been finished without an outline. We create something we call an inline, which is a version of an outline that ties together your ideal reader with the Mm -hmm. outcomes that you want for your book. So let's say you want to have a book series and you want to have a traditional publisher and you want to make $200,000 from your book then we need an inline that's going to get you that. And that's a totally different inline than, let's say, a book to give your friends at Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So start with your ideal reader, your outcomes, and then create an inline that's going to get you those things. And the place to invest is not at all with an editor who's just going to fuck your shit up, because editors uh, are just trying <laughs> to get you an A in English class. Yeah. This is what editors do. And I was an editor for 15 years, but we're just going for an A from your, like, 12th grade English teacher. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know if any of you have been tortured by reading, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's possibly one of the worst written. It's terribly written. (laughs) Just from English class. Like, not about the content, but just from English class. Like, there are words wrong. There are verb sentences wrong. Like, it's horribly written. And that doesn't matter millions of people were glued to every single page that that author el james made millions of dollars from selling film rights like it changed many people's lives many people's lives for the better like many people's marriages were saved like that book not because it got an a in english class because believe me that's a failing paper from a grammar and typos <laughs> perspective. Yes. But that's not actually what matters, as crazy as that sounds. And so editors are always looking to get you an A. It was mm-hmm. more commercial and that's basically exactly. what I'm saying is if we start with the ideal reader and we start with your outcomes and then instead of investing in an editor, if you're investing in a person who's gotten those outcomes for other people, and instead of spending five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on an editor, Spend $500 $1, mm-hmm. $1, or $1,000 on a VIP day or a one hour session with somebody who has gotten someone else the results you want.
3: Wow. Uh, I just blow your mind a
6: little? We just had a little.
3: Yeah, because I have it. spent a lot of money on having my book edited. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I, you're going to get an <laughs> A in English class. <laughs> 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 and that's about it.
6: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wrong question. This is the thing. Tony Robbins says this, right? He's like, the problem isn't that we don't have good answers. The problem is we have terrible questions. And right. so most writers are asking questions like, how can I find a good editor? It's a really bad question that mm-hmm. kills a
1: lot of books. <laughs> and we want to ask you something else, uh, Angela got to ask you this because you talked about it a little bit, and it's another question that people really misunderstand when it comes to writing a book, the whole bestseller issue. You mm-hmm. have the Amazon bestseller issue, and then you just have the bestseller issue status, period. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. have confusion about that. Um, they have confusion about what it takes to be a bestseller, things of that nature. Um, so one of the general questions that we get a lot of time is, What does that mean, and and how many books will it take them to be a bestseller?
6: Okay, so good news and bad news here. For a New York Times bestseller, you're looking at somewhere between 35,000 and 55,000 books sold, Mm -hmm. Um, and it depends on how busy the season is, right? So September would be more like 55,000. July, it might be more like 35,000, depends Mm on the genre, whatever. But here's the bad news most of the slots in the New York Times bestseller list are paid. Mm -hmm. Um, On average, authors invest between a quarter of a million and a half million dollars to get on that slot. And you can either pay for this yourself as an author or your publishing company can pay for it. But Mm -hmm. one way or another, those slots are pretty much paid for. Um, and it's not like anyone can do it, so it's not like they'll just take t you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars from anyone who has it. There's a right. lot of work, and there's other expense involved. But you can buy your way onto the list. So, that and most people do. That is kind of how business is done these days.
4: Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? So there's
6: that. Um, yeah, and here's the thing. This is why it's a good investment, because I, I do sometimes recommend this to clients, is that if you make that quarter of a million dollar investment and you get on the list, and I'll just give you a really quick way it's done. You basically buy all your books, and mm-hmm. then you pay people to go buy your books. Right. So you pay for 50,000 copies of your book, and then you pay 50 thousand people to go out and buy your book and then they buy your book and it goes to a warehouse and so if you ever see those um, book deals where it'll say like get this book free you just pay for shipping Mm -hmm. it's because that book has already been bought so the author bought the book they had somebody buy the book they paid that person to buy the book the person (laughs) bought the book and then they sent it to a fulfillment center and now you can buy a book that was actually already bought in exchange for paying for the shipping from that fulfillment center to you. So it's kind of crazy how it works, but here's why it's worth it. Um, you make a $250,000 investment. Your name goes on the New York times bestseller list. You're going to sell a lot more than 50,000 books. Mm -hmm. So you make that quarter of a million dollar investment up front, but you can may end up making four or five times that on the back. So hopefully if you do the campaign, right, you will make money, but it's, um, you know, it's high flyers and big budgets and not all of us right. are quite ready for that sort of investment. Right. Um, I know I'm not. So, um so the Amazon bestseller list is kind of this alternative strategy that people do and mm-hmm. you can with less of an investment, sometimes no investment, get yourself ranked as a bestseller on Amazon. And it's a nice credential, but here, and and it's one I think we even used for me on this show, Um, I have two books that are bestsellers on Amazon. But here's actually why I care about this and why I think this is what you should do if you're thinking about writing a book, is that when you get on the bestseller list on Amazon, Amazon has a list of other people who bought books that are similar to yours. Mm -hmm. And Amazon would like to make money. And since they take about 30% of any book that's sold on their site, they will email people. And it's a list you can't get a copy of. You can't Mm -hmm. call Amazon and say, hey, can I have a list of people who have bought similar books to mine? Like, I'll pay you for it. Like, they don't sell that. But they Mm -hmm. will send out an email. They will send out many, many emails to people who have bought books similar to yours if you get that bestseller credential or the hot new release credential. So Mm. I think it's worth making an investment to get that credential because I want Amazon to pay for my advertising. And by the way, I'm happy to pay them 30% of my book sales in exchange for them doing the advertising to their list,
3: which is slightly better than mine. (laughs) Makes sense. Awesome. So, Angela, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make with their books?
6: Starting by writing is hands down the biggest mistake that I see. Uh, Trying to get a book to do everything instead of having a targeted plan. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, really the leading, not on purpose. This is going to sound harsher than I mean it, but I see most people leading with ego instead of service. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where all the perfectionism comes in. That's where all the procrastination comes in. That's really all about you and your ego. And when you can truly turn yourself over to be an instrument of the universe um, Mm -hmm. and to really be a steward for the wisdom of the universe and and the knowledge, that's Mm -hmm. where I see people. First of all, writing better books, which is kind of cool. But then seeing those books make a bigger difference.
3: Right, you know, and I'm so glad that you said that because you know, going back to my manuscript, I know for me um one of the reasons why, because I think it would be a really harsh book for real for people to read
5: mm-hmm.
3: um, because it even though it's fiction, it still it still kind of taboo a lot of the scenarios and relationships that are in the book. So I, I, sometimes I personally have struggles with it. I, even mm-hmm.
5: people, I used it to have
3: struggles with even having people edited it. It's like I used yeah. to write this long, goal, give them a long-go letter first. Now this kind it. of deals with. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Right. Well, here's she the, has the issue with
6: exactly right. And this is the, you don't need to work on the book at all. You need to work on that. So I have yeah. people who write memoirs. And their are memoirs about sensitive stuff, sexual abuse or, you know, just really hard personal stuff. And they will do a beautiful job in the writing process. And then two weeks before publication, there will be some major disaster. And, I mean, I had somebody had a, an infestation of squirrels in her house. What? I had somebody fall down a flight of stairs. I had somebody have to do a major home renovation. Um, like, all of these calamities happen right before we publish, and they will always try and talk me out of publishing, but they'll say it's for this, you know, reason. Oh, my my grandson got arrested,
3: and so the book can't come out. Like,
6: I, let me tell you, and it all happens. Like, they're not lying, but it's that some part of you doesn't want this to be released, and so yeah. you'll throw up all these obstacles thinking they're real. Like, they'll be legit. Um, except they're not. It's always that you're, you know, self-sabotaging or whatever because you haven't done the hard work of processing what you do and don't want to share. And for some Mm -hmm. of my authors at this point, we'll take out some stories.
5: You don't have to share
6: everything. Um, So one of the things I say is each chapter, before you write the chapter, you have to answer this question if you're working with us. The question is, how do you want the reader to be different at the end of the chapter? and I make Mm. them say it. So they have to write it down, and I have people put it right in the header of the document. So on every page you see the sentence. At the end of the chapter, I want the reader
3: to whatever you're saying. Oh, wow. But then that also helps with context flow as well. It helps with everything because here's the thing. Let's say there's a
6: super sensitive story that you're not comfortable with sharing. Mm -hmm. Once you put it through the filter of how do I want my reader to be different, Sometimes Mm -hmm. the answer is we have to tell the story. So Mm -hmm. I I I had a client once, her name is Nicole Scuba, and she did a book called Another Kind of Free, and it was about suicide. And she has a very successful marketing business, and the story was really about her attempted suicide. And so when we talked about what do you want the reader to know, the whole point of the book was that we have to talk about suicide openly. Suicide can't be a secret anymore. And Mm -hmm. so when we got to some of the personal stuff about her life and we asked the question, does this story need to be in there? The answer was like, yes, absolutely, because the whole point of the book is that we can't be ashamed and everyone has to come out. And if everyone came out, we wouldn't have the problem we have today. It was the whole point Mm -hmm. of her book. So she couldn't Mm -hmm. make up another person. She couldn't put another twist on the story because the book didn't work without it. But there are other people who tell a story, let's say, of their own child sexual abuse where when we look at what do you want the reader to know and their statement is, I want the reader to know that they are not responsible for abuse they face. Well, we can get there if we switch that and say that was a, a case study. That was a, I had a client who have this experience.
5: Exactly. So we don't have to
6: say it was them. We can still make that point. Mm-hmm. So you can write the stuff however you want to write it, but then if you look at that, how do I want the reader to be different at the end of this chapter, then you'll know exactly how you can and can't edit it. And exactly. that's when you're being of service, because with Nicole, she had to say, like, all right, I'm going to have to share this. And it was of service. But with somebody else, God, I have a lot of writers who have to tell them to stop sharing about themselves because it's totally not in service. Mm-hmm. They just want to hear themselves talk. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, make this about someone else. I can't keep hearing about you.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: So Angela, I have a question. This is Will again. My question to you is yeah. ebook, yes or no?
6: I'm all in on ebook. I like print books too. So okay. I like to do both. Um, okay. For sure, but um, but here's the thing: we have a lot of clients who just do their eBooks with us, and they will still three or four x their speaking engagements and sales. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, really? Okay, okay.
6: So just an eBook can get your results. Here's the way you make that decision: first of all, if you want to do any PR or any speaking, you need the print book. Definitely do the e-book, but you need the print book. So any speaking, any PR, you need the print book. And then if you're not doing speaking or PR, then the next question is where is your audience? So if your your audience audience is online, then by all means, you can just do the e-book. But, like, I had somebody who wrote a book for um, home health care, like people responsible for taking care of their elderly parents. Right, And most of these people were in their 60s, but more importantly, they were at the homes of their 80- or 90-year-old parents. So okay. they were spending most of the day at their 80- or 90-year-old mom's house or elder care facility, often without Wi-Fi. Hmm. And so even though she didn't need the books for speaking or PR, she needed the books because her audience was not going to buy eBooks because they spent most of their day somewhere without Wi-Fi. Right. Okay. okay. So, but I have other clients who a hundred percent of their clients are online all day, like stay-at-home moms. They have every sort of mobile device in the world. They're on their computer, like they're busy, but they're always connected. So if I had a book targeting stay-at-home moms, just
1: the eBook would probably be enough.
2: Okay.
1: Gotcha. And Angela, another question that comes up often. Um, people want to know how do how can they pick a good topic for their book?
6: So here's the thing about your topic is if and I'm gonna talk for about non fiction first and then I'm gonna talk about fiction. If you're looking mm-hmm. for a non fiction book, here's what you want to do. You want your book no matter what's on the inside, you want your book to solve a problem that people are looking for the solution to. So most people call me and they get really excited because they'll be like, I have an idea that nobody else has. So I instantly know we're not going to take that book and it's not going to sell. Yep. Because if nobody, there's 350,000 books published a month. If nobody's written this book, it means nobody wants it. And I'm super sorry. (laughs) Um, So you have, now inside you can say anything. So, like, let's say that you really wanted to tell every woman in the world she was beautiful. Like, that's awesome. I agree. I'm all in. I just can't sell that book. That book's going to sell zero copies. So we have to find somebody who doesn't feel like she's beautiful that we can find, like a target market, and let's Mm -hmm. say it's new mom, and then we have to solve a problem for new mom. So let's say it's a quick beauty regime. You used to have an hour to get ready. Now you have three minutes. And so the book is called Get Ready in Three Minutes for New Mom. Now that book I could sell the hell out of, and 90% of the inside of the book could say you're beautiful just the way you are, don't do anything, wear a hat. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> that can be the whole book. It can be all about how they're beautiful. But the book's going to need to solve a problem for uh, an audience that we can reach.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
6: So everyone's beautiful. Nothing. Three-minute beauty solution for new moms. Everything. <laughs> okay. And everything in the book can be exactly the same in both books. Like that's the mm-hmm. big news flash. Now for fiction, okay. it's different, but it's sort of similar. And I'm not a fiction expert. But you have to start with your market. So if you have this really new genre or nobody's done this before, it's the same thing. We don't know how that's going to sell. So you really want to find this is like Harry Potter for women in their 40s.
5: You really want
6: to find something your book is like that we can Mm -hmm. hang it on. And it has to be like something that sold really well. So a lot of times people tell me, oh, my book is like this, and it's something I haven't heard of. It really Mm -hmm. needs to be like The Hunger Games or like Fifty Shades of Grey or something that I've actually heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, that That is really when you pick a topic, you have to think of how would you sell it. And what I make my clients do is I make them write all of the marketing copy, and we design the cover even before they write the book. And then we start selling it. And if you can't sell it before you write it, you won't be able mm-hmm. to sell it after you write it. So
3: true. Mm. So nobody's Angela, I'm nobody's read the, the book it.
6: before they buy it.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh Angela, so you can write you can do the cover before you send it off to a mm-hmm. publisher.
6: Yeah, I mean I'm not even saying send it to a publisher, but if you want a book contract, here's a way to get one. Go hire a shit-hot designer, get a gorgeous book cover, go hire a copywriter, write amazing marketing copy, set up a pre-sale page where people have to give you their email address, and you can even tell them they could buy the book for a dollar, they could buy the book for a penny if you want. Set up a pre-sale page, buy the book now for a dollar in advance, and go sell 5,000 of them. And I guarantee you, you could make one phone call to one agent, and if you said the words, I've already sold 5,000 copies of this book, (laughs) you would have a traditional publisher pick you up in a hot minute. Now, you have to email all those people who sent you a dollar and say, hey, it's going to be a while. In the meantime, here's another book, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. You'd have to find a way to keep them happy. Exactly. Um, But that's why crowdfunding campaigns work so well for traditional publishers, Because if you can sell 20,000 copies of your book, you can find a publisher. It's a done deal.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense, then.
2: So I know you've shared so much information with us already, but how can our listeners follow you? And I'm going to contact you because I do want to have that one-on-one call. But how can our listeners um, contact you? Yes.
6: Yeah, so you guys can email me at Angela at theauthorincubator.com. I have I've got a couple books out there, but I have a book called The Difference, which walks through my ten steps for writing a book that matters. And if you want a free copy of that book, all you have to do is mention this um, mention this show, mention Will and Alicia in your email. And give me your mailing address or your email address, and I'll either send you a print copy or an emailed copy of my book. And um, and then you can also go to theauthorincubator.com to learn more or go to Facebook and just search for The Author Incubator, and you can follow all of what we're up to.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you have any final words you want to say before we let you go?
6: I just had so much fun with you guys tonight. Thanks for having me <laughs> Likewise. On. Yes,
5: yes, yes, yes. Well,
6: thank you, you so much for coming on. I'm going to come back and play on. me some Natalie Cole tonight. It's going to be an all <laughs> Natalie night, people. Cadillac says
5: <laughs> yes, we, yeah. boxes, we know that
1: it is an actual song she sung. I told y'all. Uh, oh Lord, mm-hmm. we're not going to get into that. That's going to be first up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, have a Thanks, have a good guys. evening, and thank you so much for for calling in.
3: Yes. You too. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Good information. So Nick, you're going to oh, finally seriously. go ahead and get something done with that
3: manuscript. Yes, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to go oh. and talk to people.
1: <sighs> well, okay, let me ask this. Well, no, let me demand this. Um, Why you praying? I just need you to send me what you have, because now you got me nosy and and curious, and I want to know what the heck you got going on. I want to read it.
3: Well, it's bless really the good. Lord. It's really good. So I would not know because I ain't read it. <coughs> so Nate, do I you think
2: understand. it is because you, you have mm-hmm. to deal with it? You are just not and ready I for that believe, to be
3: out there. And you know, you, you know how I am, and I, I do, I really believe. Let me tell you something. I've been so afraid of of this book that I even was going to do it under a alias name. Oh my.
1: Well, I mean, people have done that before, so have But you know what
3: I like that she said, your book should have a purpose. I like that she was saying, mm-hmm. which with the same thing, you know, when I think about, you know, all books, even with Will, the books that he had um, in his heart to write, um, I believe that, you know, having that statement above each chapter, what you want your – your person to walk away, your reader to walk away then, mm-hmm. and I believe that is so vital. And then when I go back mm-hmm. to my own book, you know, I I think about that in my whole entire the entirety of the book, exactly mm-hmm. what I would like for my readers because of course it's funny, of I mean you have sad moments, but you have some serious life lesson moments in it, mm-hmm. um, and I and a lot of things that I did that were really. Taboo that I struggled with, even though I know there are other fiction books out there that maybe touch on this subject. Um, mm-hmm. But I do believe that it's me, to the most part, that I have to. Be what is the book about? With it. The book, is, the book is about the title of the Just book. Just release yourself. What the is book, the book about? The book that, that is finished is is entitled "Master." Can you use me? And it's about okay. a young gay man who who was born in church, who knew that homosexuality was a sin, and he ended up falling in love and a relationship with the pastor.
1: Ooh. Oh, yeah, I need to read that. So I'm, I'm on the advanced copy, because um, <laughs> I want to see, can he use you? But you don't know, see <laughs> So uh, uh, I just need to read it, you know, I, yes. unedited. Reading. I'll just read for pleasure. But yeah, I I I, 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 I yeah. So you got me stuck around. I can't even finish the words. I need to see, that. I need to see it. Jesus. So what was your well, second one about? It. I
3: was I was really glad to know that about the the jacket being able to do your title your cover of your book. Because I always I was always told that most times when you send stuff to publishing companies, they mm-hmm. would change your title. Not necessarily or they would, or they would change the look of what they want the look, because it's all about commercial. You know, they yeah. want to make sure it's marketable. So I, I was really happy to hear that. That was, that was really good.
1: Yeah, the smart people actually make money doing that before they sell the book.
3: Yes. And I was I had mentioned this to Will, the late Elon Harris. Um, his first book, you know, just as she was stating how – if you sell so many books, you can go to a publishing company and Mm -hmm. say, well, that's what happened to him. He used to go and sell his book out of his car. Mm -hmm. And he would go different places to purchase. But this was before e-books came out. Um, So he went and he sold the books. And then once he went to the publishing company, you know, they picked him up because he had sold so many books. And because he had already had a following, you know, the next book, of course, automatically became a bestseller. His first book Mm -hmm. didn't even become a first bestseller until his second book became a bestseller.
1: But, you know, that happens so many different times. I mean, that happens to so many different people, politicians, celebrities, you know. They wrote because they had a message. They had something they wanted to say. And not saying they didn't reach their intended audience, but their audience in the beginning was a lot smaller then you know what it wind up being when it hit bestseller. but the yes. thing is, you know for me anyway, is that if you have a message, can you really afford to sit on that message? Yes, can you afford for that audience that needs your message not to have that book?
3: Mm. I don't know if you're talking to me, Alicia, but it's not my.
1: I wasn't. No, that was just a general statement. With you, it's a little bit different, Nate. With you, it's a little bit different. I just want the be copy so I can be noticed and read the book. I wasn't trying to inspire you. That was a general statement to the regular audience. I'm sorry. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. Well, good
2: information. She was really good. Um, I'm going to make sure I call her. Not this week because I'm going to tune her out this week because I'm in pain. But next week, I will call her. Um,
1: Here we go and, Okay
2: Yeah And discuss those things Yeah Because I do want to Like I said I want to pick back up And get those done
5: Okay
2: Yeah But um, Next week We have Pastor Darren Phelps Who mm-hmm. will be coming on To the show And he's basically Going to give us Some biblical answers To some of life's Toughest questions Um, A few questions Um, Was that question That Jay had brought up A couple of weeks ago About you know the Bible tells us to tithe. and Do you tithe or do you pay your, your, your light bill? Yeah. Do you tithe or
5: do you, yeah. do you take your baby
2: to the doctor? Um, also, um, and, and I've experienced this in a lot of churches, you know, some pe- some preachers will tell you to pray and to um, pray without ceasing. And then some people say that you pray and you don't ask God anymore. They're showing lack of faith. So he's going to tell us, you know, when you pray for pray to God for certain things, do you continue to pray for that or do you pray and let that be gone? We to something else So he's going to talk to us About a lot of things That have been submitted And the, also still open To all the folks Who have questions um, For Pastor Phelps To answer To please um, yeah. Get those questions in And for our listeners Also I call We'll want... be taking live questions at Next
3: Sunday as well Yeah I just want Pastor Phelps To say Lord have mercy Oh, yeah, oh, you know he
1: will. You know he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna
2: be here next week. Um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, make make sure you get the book out, everybody, so we can take a look at I,
3: it. Yes, I'm gonna have it edited this week. Keep praying. For <laughs> me. Oh
1: Lord, get, send me <laughs> editing birth 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 for it's for that. It's been nine years. It's been nine years. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> got time for that? that. Send <laughs> <Yeah. anybody laughs> me that. that. Yeah. But Will, a speedy recovery to you.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed week and talk to you next week. All
0: right. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends. We ask that you visit www.let'sfaceitradio.com for up to date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways. That you can be a part of the show. Join us next week. Same time, same place. For real people. Real topics. Real talk. Let's face it.
4: A burglar in my
0: heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
3: What's in store for your business this week at Staples?